This year's election is literally going to run all of us into the ground. It's barely even started and things have already been a complete mess. But aside from the completely unnecessary broken vote counting apps, uh, an incoherent vice president's terrible campaign based entirely on name recognition and riddled with nonstop gaffes, and uh, who could forget dear rat boy, there's also another problem facing the Democratic Party, former New York City mayor and actual billionaire Michael Bloomberg. Mayor Mike. Bloomberg. Bloomberg currently represents everything wrong with American politics. I mean, he proves it every single day. His campaign is not only allowed to be a thing, it's actively encouraged to continue. Anyone can just buy their way into politics as long as they have enough money. Yeah. And Mayor Mike. He's got a big wallet. He's got a big wallet. Yeah. He is quite literally attempting to buy his way into becoming president because at this point it looks like becoming president of the United States of America, it's just going to end up being another stretch goal for the rich and powerful. Bucket list sort of thing. Yeah. Just another notch on that person's resume. Now, luckily for us, Bloomberg's campaign, it seems to be going terribly. Yeah, I mean, it is it's going it, better than it should be going. Exactly. But it, yes, it's scary that a lot of mainstream news outlets are not only acting like he's a serious contender, but also providing him with favorable coverage during the primaries that he doesn't even have to be involved in. But at least he looks really, really stupid, terrible, and out of touch to almost anyone that is going outside of the mainstream news bubble. Ah, fun little thing people have noticed. Uh, the, a lot of the journalists most charitable to Mayor Mike are uh, former reporters for Bloomberg oh. News, mm. his news company. Yeah. The thing about being a billionaire is uh, you spread your money around enough and people are going to feel bad talking shit on you who have benefited financially from you in the past. And, yeah. uh, Mike Bloomberg, he has spread a lot of his money around. I mean, it's also safe to say that people like Mike Bloomberg and Pete Buttigieg are the most centrist candidates out of the Democratic lineup. And all of these companies are billion dollar companies and they don't want to pay a lot of taxes. Yeah. And these people will make sure that it's fine. And they won't be Trump. So I guess it's a win-win for them. It's a win-win. Anyways, if you're outside of the mainstream news bubble, you can very easily realize that uh, this person is not a great candidate. I don't know. He's got a lot of ads showing up <laughs> in more and more places. Yeah. Earlier this week, uh, two separate pieces of leaked audio were released that show him being a kind of a racist asshole. Mm -hmm. uh, but when presented with these examples, outlets like CNN, they simply went after the leaker and questioned their intentions on leaking it. Well, he was a Bernie supporter. Great so. job. Yeah, that, that lady, she, she was a former Bloomberg News employee. Yeah. Uh, in addition to those bits of audio, uh, there was also the admission from Bloomberg that the United States could learn a thing or two from the harsh drug laws and enforcement in places like Singapore. So very cool, Mike. Very cool. I got my eight ounce big gulp, my little gulp, I'm chewing gum. I spit it on the sidewalk and pff, sniper just. <laughs> yeah. No littering here, sir. Mm. But listen, we're not here to talk about actual policy positions, polls, damning personality traits, or any other type of substantial indication of someone's ability to lead the country successfully. We're here to talk about memes. Mm -hmm. Another thing that Mike Bloomberg apparently sees value in, but is absolutely horrible at utilizing in any meaningful way. Now, first off, if you watched any of our recent episodes of Weekly Weird News, you will know that pretty much every week we are blessed with a new advertisement from the Bloomberg 2020 camp that gives us a great look at what it's like to just burn millions of dollars in front of everyone in an attempt to connect with the youth and use that to hopefully count on that vote to propel you into the White House. I mean, hey, it worked for Pepe and Donald Trump, yep. didn't it? It sure did. Well, this memery, it all started a few weeks ago with uh, when an actual lampooning of the Bloomberg campaign went viral. The premise was tricking the mainstream media into thinking that Bloomberg staffers had seen the success of the Mayor Pete dance and decided to create their own using the track Moves Like Jagger from Maroon 5. 
It was obviously fake, and it was filmed at a local improv theater here in L.A., making it kind of obvious to anyone even loosely involved in the comedy scene here. But in retrospect, this viral joke against the Bloomberg campaign actually ended up being a bit of foreshadowing of things to come with official campaign attempts at going viral or connecting with the youth vote. They, I guarantee you someone on his staff saw that and was like, see, it's comedy, it's subversive, but it gets your name out there. They're talking about you now. No no press is bad press. Yeah. So the weeks following the Moves Like Bloomberg video (laughs) provided us with two actual social media video campaigns from the Bloomberg staff. One where he professes his love for big gay ice cream. Mmm. Big gay ice cream is the best. Don't worry, he's not a homophobe. It's no. a real place. Mm-hmm. And one where the post-acquittal speech by Trump is altered to just say lie <laughs> over and over again while a gingerbread man dances on the screen. That's what the kids are into, right? Yeah. Nonsensical cringe comedy? I mean, he's not wrong. It's just, uh, I don't know, we would assume people aren't seeking this kind of comedic performance from a 78-year-old billionaire who's trying to run for president. Lie. <laughs> It is funny because it's so terrible. Yeah, but it just keeps going. Yeah. It's, that video is two minutes long, yeah. I think. And there's another one where it's like dancing and it's uh, and then he grows a Pinocchio nose. Uh, it's, uh, it's really something. People are getting paid, though. He has spent like $400 million. Yeah, people are getting paid. That's the one thing to remember yeah. in all of this. As long as he doesn't become president, then it, everything's fine. Yeah, just don't let him win, but let him throw his money away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways, it's quite obvious that Bloomberg nor his staff are any good at this whole marketing to the youth thing. So they did what any major company or brand would do in order to drum up some views and recognition. Pay a fuck ton of money to influencers and social media comedians, and in the process, try and mostly succeed at subverting the restrictions put in place by social media sites regarding political ad campaigns. Yeah. You remember how a bunch of these companies took a hard stance against political ads on their platforms because it would be next to impossible for them to properly vet them all? Well, Bloomberg found a loophole and exploited it by hiring influencers to make positive posts about him. Okay, but back to what led us here first. Bloomberg paying influencers to make him look cool. It was reported last week that Bloomberg's team had started a campaign on a platform called Tribe, which connects brands with influencers. Mm -hmm. Now, on that site, a brand, or in this case, a campaign, could go on, set a price per post, and uh, the site would connect influencers with the offer. Those influencers would do the post and collect the cash. According to the Daily Beast, quote, for a fixed $150 fee, the Bloomberg campaign is pitching micro-influencers, someone who has from 1,000 to 100,000 followers in industry parlance, to create original content Quote, that tells us why Mike Bloomberg is the electable candidate who can rise above the fray, work across the aisle, so all Americans feel heard and respected. It continues. God uh, damn it. Are you sick of the chaos and infighting overshadowing the issues that matter most to us? Please express your thoughts verbally or for still image posts. Please overlay text about why you support Mike. That's what the campaign copy tells would-be Bloomberg stands under the heading, quote, content we'd love from you, asking influencers to, quote, show and tell why Mike is the candidate who can change our country for the better. State why you think he's a great candidate. So, okay, yeah, micro-influencers are, are one thing, okay, and this absolutely totally sucks, and you should be embarrassed for anyone who would post this kind of stuff. Unless they are, for whatever reason, an actual Bloomberg supporter. No, nope. drag them regardless. Yeah. Drag them. If, if they do actually believe in the Bloomberg movement, they're just making a little extra money on something they'd already be promoting. But I can't imagine, like, a real 
that person existing, I guess. Yeah. You know uh, what? Personally, I, I like what Mike Bloomberg did turning like Queens and the Bronx into essentially the Gaza Strip where you have checkpoints and people get thrown up against a wall for walking around at night. We should bring that to the entire country. Yeah. That's why I'm supporting Mike <laughs> Bloomberg 2020. That's what makes him cool. Yeah. So yeah, like micro-influencers getting $150, that's kind of embarrassing. You're selling out for like a, a very small amount of money, especially if you're someone that has like 100,000 followers. But, but here's where it gets a little more sinister. So of course you all remember Fuck Jerry, right? That would be the meme account that for years stole people's content and jokes and then turned those stolen memes into a hefty profit, which allowed its founder, Elliot Tebbel. No, no relation. No to relation Elliot. at all. He brings shame upon it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Allowed him, that guy, to expand the simple Twitter and Instagram accounts into a full-fledged marketing company, Jerry Media, which specializes in connecting brands, companies, and events with the very lucrative youth market through social media. Now, yeah, it's that fuck Jerry. It's the same fuck Jerry and Jerry Media that was behind the marketing campaign for the now infamous Fire Festival disaster. And that, it worked out pretty okay for them. Yeah. They, uh, they got a second shot at fire and actually... Sounds like they made a lot of money off if that documentary. Anything we've learned about being a terrible person, it's that ninety percent of the time you're going to get away with it and get yeah. rich doing it. Yeah, mm -hmm. when you're rich, they let you do it. Yes. So according to a wide range of reports this week, that fuck Jerry and Jerry Media have partnered with the Bloomberg campaign for a marketing blitz called Meme 2020 that is utilizing numerous popular accounts from within their network to spam promotion for the Bloomberg campaign through the use of what appears so far to be self-deprecating screenshots of uh, totally fake conversations, but with Mike Bloomberg. Yeah, uh, according to the New York Times, quote, Mick Perzicki is the lead strategist of the Meme 2020 project. He is also the chief executive of Jerry Media, a media and marketing company that is a powerful force in the influencer economy. The company's portfolio includes some of the most notable meme accounts on Instagram. In January, Mr. Perzicki tapped a number of large influencers who he had formed relationships with through his association with Jerry Media. Now, they point out that although Mr. Perzicki here is an executive at Jerry Media and is running the Meme 2020 campaign and has used the Fuck Jerry account for the campaign, Fuck Jerry himself, Elliot, not this Elliot. Stop pointing at me when you say his name. <laughs> that fuck Jerry is not directly involved in this. Yeah, but he's still making money. It's still his company. Who cares? Listen, this is a journalistic clarification. Okay. 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 The article continues. The campaign, which began this week, has already placed sponsored posts on Instagram accounts, including at Grape Juice Boys, a meme page with more than 2.7 million followers. Jerry Media's own most popular account with more than 13.3 million followers and at Tank Sinatra, a member with more than 2.3 million followers. Other memers involved in this campaign include the following. My therapist says, white people humor, the funny introvert, kale salad, sunny side up, shithead Steve, Adam the creator, moist Buddha, Mrs. Dow Jones, trash can Paul, co-medi, neat dad, 420, golfers doing things, Dr. Gray Fang, middle class fancy, and do you even lift? I don't follow any of those. I no. Feel about that. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty great about that. Together, the collective has an audience of more than 60 million followers. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's a great list of counts uh, to unfollow if you have them yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Unmasked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, look, if, if, if Mike Bloomberg had a better shot at becoming president, and, he, and you know, I, I'm not going to write him off completely. No, this is dangerous. But uh, this is, I, I like that he did this because this is such a good example for, like, the hearings that we hopefully have a year from now about severe campaign finance reform that needs to happen <laughs> in this country. Yeah. Like, I, I'm really excited for these posts to be like on a big 
display in the, the halls of Congress. Being yes. like, do we really want this? <laughs> Is this how we want this country's elections to work? Uh, anyways, for reference, uh, here's an example of the content that they are posting. Bloomberg DMing a kale salad account saying, hello, Mr. Salad. Can you post this meme to make me seem cool for the upcoming Democratic primary? Michael Bloomberg is like kale salad. Tough and tasteless, but ultimately good for you. Uh, The salad responds by saying, I don't know, it's not that funny. Bloomberg responds, I'll give you a billion dollars. The salad says, what do you want the caption to be? And that caption, I actually taste amazing, to be honest. And yes, this is really hashtag sponsored by at Mike Bloomberg. And you know what? It kind of works, I guess, because they're both shitting on themselves. In the meme, the salad's basically saying, I'll do anything for money. And Mike Bloomberg is coming off as completely desperate to reach the youth vote. Yeah, but it's that that it's that it's kind of relatable uh, cringiness. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's cringe uh, in its purest form, and you have to be very careful with it. Yeah. Anyway, all the other examples that we could find are different variations of the same thing. Bloomberg direct messaging popular accounts trying to look cool and them saying something like, you're lame, bro. And then him offering them a fuck ton of money to post something anyway. It's just so transparent. Yes. Uh, Regardless of how terrible this campaign is, it did its job. It astroturfed an entire social media platform for a presidential candidate when by Instagram and Facebook's own rules, this should have been a lot harder to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, Facebook didn't take as hard of a line regarding political ads as, say, Twitter. But in order to run a political ad on Facebook or Instagram, the campaign and candidates would have to verify their identities, provide mailing addresses, and disclose how much they'd uh, spent on running each ad. It's not great, but it was something. Yeah. The best part is the oversight of seeing how much money they're spending on Yeah, the They were terrible, weak, ineffective standards, but they were standards. Yeah, <laughs> standards nonetheless, yeah. damn it. Now, by utilizing Instagram influencers, however, the Bloomberg campaign was able to skirt by all of those restrictions but still get their massive advertising campaign to run. Why? Because Facebook and Instagram don't consider influencer endorsements or branded content as actual advertisements because their platform doesn't actually make any money off of them. Basically, Facebook hasn't had any technical part in the transaction and they're not profiting off of it directly, so they can just throw their hands up and say, we had no part in this. That's their favorite thing to do. True, yeah. Uh, Political campaigns, they can just go straight to influencers, and that will allow them to advertise on social media platforms without those pesky restrictions and oversight. It's it's truly beautiful to behold. And definitely part of the marketing deck over at Jerry Media. Oh, they, they know the rules. Yeah. And, yeah, so listen, yes, we're covering this because it's two things. It's... Uh, pathetic that a billionaire is trying to buy an election and going far enough that he's paying Jerry Media and other influencers to market his name. And it's also pathetic that a company and specific people are willing to work hand-in-hand with a candidate that almost certainly goes against what they believe in, both morally and politically. So uh, let's just say that this whole thing is fucking lame. It further proves how lame both of these groups are. But at the very least, it shows that Bloomberg is desperate and that he's definitely wasting his money if he sunk this far. Let's just say that we hope that the marketing does not work Mm -hmm. because it would be a real shame if we traded one rich asshole who bought his way into running America for another. And Uh, also a good point that uh, that uh, this is a good point that this is fucked is that one of the people that we dislike the most (laughs) out of everything. What? Yeah. A guy that like for years, one of our OG like enemies, rogues gallery. Yeah. Back in the ETC days, a guy 
calling himself the Fat Jew. He said no to this. Yeah, he, he I think like Fat Jew and Fuck Jerry came up around the same time doing the same shit. Just yeah. stealing people's memes, not mm-hmm. getting credit, being total dicks about it. And he made a big stink. He's just like, no, fuck Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, they, like, like, cool. they offered me a bunch of money. I said no. Like, and uh, he, he, I, his post about it, I was like, God, I kind of like because he's just like, look, people need to eat. Like, take take the, these people's money. It's great. Let yeah. these brands just waste as much money as they want. But like, I ain't doing this shit. Yeah, kind of like this guy's a racist. <laughs> he bought him some points in my book. Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah, like, he's not willing to sell out for just anything. It doesn't change the fact that uh, you know he sucks. Uh, or at least did for a long time. And he multi multi millionaire off and, of other people's ideas and, almost, and content. Almost ruined uh, the movie Uncut Gems with his weird <laughs> cameo that yeah. didn't need to be there. Also, it is strange that like both of them did like the same kind of path. They basically turned into marketing companies of themselves, and both of them started uh, alcohol companies. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah Fat Jew has, has like, tequila. Uh, yeah, Ha Ha Tequila, J A J A Tequila, and then uh, Fat Jew has White Girl uh, Rose. Yes. So. They're fine. Don't worry about them. And listen, if Fat Jew didn't have all that white girl rosé money, he might have taken this campaign. So yeah. uh, I think, I don't know where his loyalty lies. It's like when you finally get that comfortable fucking you money, we can you can say no to things. Uh, maybe that's why. But yeah. uh, still, but it's, he it's, bought it some was, points in my book. I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, proud of the Fat Jew. You gotta be a real piece of shit if the Fat Jew looks like a, a paragon of morality <laughs> yeah. next to you. Yeah. And that is Michael Bloomberg in a nutshell. All right. Well, worse than the fat Jew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's 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 finally move on to movies. Uh, specifically, something uplifting related to movies. Rick Moranis is back, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who grew up in the '80s or '90s, uh, they they grew up with Rick, Mor- Rick Moranis. It's Strange Brew, mm. Ghostbusters, Spaceballs, and of course, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But sometime in the early to mid '90s, he just disappeared after being one of the more popular actors of this time period. Now, the reason for abruptly leaving Hollywood and stepping out of the limelight was very, very understandable, though. Uh, in the early 90s, his wife passed away after a battle with cancer. And Moranis was later quoted as saying, quote, I'm a single parent, and I just found that it was too difficult to manage to raise my kids and to do the traveling involved in making movies. So I took a little bit of a break. And the little bit of a break turned into a longer break. And then I found out that I really didn't miss it. Respect. Yeah. Uh, he did pop back into like a few voice acting roles throughout the 2000s, um, but he mainly stayed out of the public eye. He even turned down a potential role in the Ghostbusters reboot, probably for the best. Yeah, but, yeah in <laughs> retrospect. Yeah. But uh, it was announced this week that Rick Moranis would be coming back to on-screen roles, and not only that, he will be reprising the character that made him famous to millennials nearly 30 years ago, Wayne Zielinski, the goofy scientist dad who shrunk his and his neighbor's children. Uh, the reboot will simply be titled Shrunk, and it sounds stupid, but uh, whatever. It'll yeah. be cool to see a modern adaptation of a film that was pretty groundbreaking back, back then, then yeah. uh, as far as kids' movies go. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember being blown away by the, the, the special effects. Yeah, like the, the ant. ant versus like, the scorpion. Yeah. I, Didn't I, eat that big cookie. It's one of those movies that I, I kind of just have to refuse to ever watch again, because I remember it being like so realistic yeah. in my mind's eye, and I know that if I put it on today, I'd be like, oh, this looks like shit. Yeah, they also used to have, I can't remember which one it was at. I, I remember going there when I was a kid, but they had it, one of like the Disney MGM or something. They had a giant area that was from the movie so you could be in the grass and see the giant cookie and everything. It's yeah. pretty cool. But it was, a like I said, that movie came out in 89 or 90, so I was the perfect age for it. You were the yeah. perfect age for it. Uh, I don't know if kids today watching would be like, that looks like shit. 
Yeah, they might. I yeah. don't know. These kids, they have such high standards. Yeah, but Shrunk, aside from being, bringing Rick Moranis back, it'll also be helmed by the director of the original, there it is, 1989 film, Joe Johnston. Oh! Yeah, so he's back. Uh, the film will apparently star Josh Gad as Wayne Zielinski's adult son, who will, I can only assume, carry on the family tradition of shrinking Wayne's grandkids and nearly murdering them unwittingly many times. It's whether it's the neighbor's kid yeah. or he himself that almost steps on his children. Someone's going to put these kids in a lot of trouble. Oh, fuck. There's like the scene with the lawnmower. Yeah. Terrifying. He's, yeah. He want, he, <laughs> it's a great invention because the kid just wanted to drive the lawnmower. No payment needed. Yeah. And, uh, well, he almost murdered an entire family. Yeah. Anyways, there's really no other information out there right now. Uh, the Moranis news is literally the biggest news about the reboot, aside from the fact that Disney's going to be releasing it, and it will have an uh, actual theatrical release instead of becoming one of those straight-to-Disney Plus films like Lady and the Tramp. So that's good. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah. So in what is probably the biggest movie news of this week, Matt Reeves has revealed the first screen test of Robert Pattinson as Daredevil. I mean Batman <laughs> for the upcoming movie. And uh, it, it looks great. I mean, we can only really show you screenshots here out of fear that we'll receive some sort of copyright strike for showing the actual video. It's like 10 seconds long, but we'll leave an official Vimeo link down below so you can watch it because it's pretty cool to see. Uh, the score for the short test is also great. I, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm liking the vibe. I very much enjoy the vibe. People, yeah. has, people have pointed out that the bat... Uh, it's made out of a gun. gun. The gun that killed his parents, yeah. potentially. which is canonical. I think yeah. it was like... Uh, Kevin Smith's uh, book yeah. did that. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting but idea. But Pattinson looks great, and inspired by the uh, screen test coming out, I rented Lighthouse last night. It's fucking great. I need to watch that. So if you want to put yourself in the, it's the, the shoes of the casting agent that probably recommended him, okay. watch Lighthouse. It is... Yeah. Whoo! Woo boy. Anyway, yeah, this looks great. I, I think the suit looks really cool. Like yeah. it's got a kind of hand hand sewn vibe to it. It has uh, a kind of like a Arkham Games kind of vibe to it too. Yeah, because it's very angular, angular and shit. Yeah. Uh, I, it looks like the Cybertruck. It, well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't like making that association. No. But uh yeah, Robert Pattinson looks he looks like Batman. Yeah, we've maintained that position yeah. for a while now. We were never hating on this casting. No, we show. said at the beginning. Great casting. He's Robert a good Pattinson. actor. Good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, what, what do you think about the new bad costume? I think everyone's pretty much on the same page with this one. So we, haven't, we haven't seen the horns. They, they, they don't pan all the way up. I think it'll be... They're going to be three feet long. <laughs> it'll be hilarious. if Like, like they, Batman Beyond or yeah, something? Is that a long one? They finally show the trailer, like the full costume, like in a month or so, and he just... Fucking giant horns. Just knocking them over yeah, everything. Just, uh, Some of the best comments. And he's wearing those like uh, those boots that like cartel guys wear that have like, <laughs> yeah, the giant pointy boots. Uh, <laughs> people online have been like, because you look at the cast list and people are like, A24 presents the Batman. And I'm like, yep. This is yeah. going to be, all things are pointing to this being fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> My body is ready. It's going to be another My year eyes. and a half though, right? Comes out it's going to be a while. They haven't even started filming yet. Anyways, on, uh, over on the smartphone entertainment side of things, HQ trivia is no more. It has ceased to be. The live streaming uh, trivia game with real money prizes that hit critical mass back in 2018 and has slowly lost steam since, it's officially done. Apparently, the app was set to be acquired by a larger company sometime this week, but the deal randomly and apparently mysteriously fell through at the last moment. Hmm. Uh, current investors refused to keep funding the app after that news uh, about the acquisition, and uh, the company just completely dissolved on Friday. So, 
Bye bye. I, I had completely forgotten about it for like two years. I checked in on it every once in a while, had a little bit of fun. They, what, I mean, they lost like a lot of views per day, but they were still doing I mean, pretty better, good. Better chances with fewer viewers. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, but they started doing this whole thing where like you could like take the money and run, but you'd get only get like 50 cents or something. Mm. Then you could risk it all for more. It, it, was, it was a convoluted mess, but they did start monetizing it with uh, being able to buy like extra lives and stuff. It's weird to me that it failed so abruptly. Yeah. Because even it, the biggest Twitch streamers get, you know, 50 to 100,000 yeah, live the, viewers. At the time, I remember they were tired of saying, like, oh, this is the future of, like, game shows. And it was impressive when it was released. When it worked. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was broken all the it's time. hilarious how often it broke. Yeah. Anyways, in a statement to the company, which notified everyone of the app's closure, HQ Trivia CEO and co-founder Russ Yusupov said the following. We have enjoyed some great progress in expanding HQ's reach and solidifying our business model over the past year, which led to us engaging with a banker to help find additional investors and partners to support the expansion of the company. We received an offer from an established business to acquire HQ and continue building our vision, had definitive agreements and legal docs, and a projected closing date of tomorrow. And for reasons we are still investigating, they suddenly changed their position, and despite our best efforts, we were unable to reach an agreement. Unfortunately, our lead investors are no longer willing to fund the company, and so effective today, HQ will cease operations and move to dissolution. All employees and contractors will be terminated as of today. I want to thank everyone for their hard work and resilience through good times and bad in helping to build an innovative and category-defining product. No, you don't get severance. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Security Jesus. will be by your desk very shortly. Yeah, it's, it's always fun when a company's just like, <laughs> well, <laughs> get the fuck out. Yeah, so uh, this closure and dissolution follows some pretty tough times for the company anyway. If you remember, the other co-founder of the app, Colin Kroll, who also co-founded Vine, he died suddenly of a drug overdose back in 2018. Uh, then, in the months that followed, employees apparently banded together in an unsuccessful attempt to oust the CEO, which ended up just resulting in people that participated in this uh, getting fired. <laughs> so Succession. Yeah, so it really didn't uh, seem like a great place to work internally, but it, you know, it always sucks to see a bunch of people get fired on the same day because of what we can only imagine is gross incompetence on the part of the executives. I mean, apparently they were bad enough that... Uh, the fucking workers tried to unionize from within the company and fire him. Yeah, that's usually a sign that things could be better. Also, like, they were still getting tens of thousands of views a day. How you don't turn that into a profit, especially when you've already worked with major brands, is confusing. Yeah. Downsize, maintain. But that's not what it's about. It's about fucking getting acquired and taking a golden parachute. Exactly. At its worst, the service was still getting pretty pretty decent numbers. I don't know how they fucked it up so badly, but uh, it's gone now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do you think everyone that had all that money they were saving up in there uh, playing the game, waiting for those checks to get cashed, you think they'll get any of, the, any of their money? No. No, they won't. I don't think uh, don't think they will. Uh, anyways, uh, we, we both have to do things for Valentine's tonight, so I'll do this Sonic review very quickly okay, and say that, yeah. that you probably shouldn't take your Valentine's date to Sonic, even oh, though this really? is up late on Friday or early Saturday. Uh, here's the thing. It is fine. Okay. It's fine. It's not Great. It's not even really that good. Okay. But it reminded me of, we all have those movies that we watched as a child. I think Honey, I Shrunk the Kids shows up, so don't, or, or is still good, so don't make that comparison. But yeah. there's movies that we all watched as children that we really, really love. And if you watch them as an adult, you'd be like, wow, this movie sucks. I don't know, I'm thinking of <laughs> Super Mario Brothers uh, or like Three Ninjas yeah. or like BMX Bandits or something like that. Yeah. You wouldn't even be able to watch it today. 
I kept feeling while watching this that Sonic falls directly into that category. Okay. If you are like 7 to 13, this movie is probably going to blow you away. It is like 90s Jim Carrey and a 90s video game icon doing 90s movies shit, which I connect to on a level that is different from everyone else. So in the sense that it's a good kids movie, fully agree. There's some actual really good jokes in there. There's also some jokes that are the worst like groaniest jokes that I've ever heard in my entire life. There's also also a, a astronomical amount of product placement oh. that I can only imagine was shoehorned in after they had to pay for the uh, animation to get fixed because it is shoehorned in. It's like yeah. they literally do a, a fucking commercial for Olive Garden in this movie. And I'm pretty sure they say, I can't remember exactly, but I'm almost positive they say when you hear your family. Jesus. Uh, but overall, it was fun. It was fine. I wouldn't waste money to go see it, but if you have like AMC A-list or something and you are desperate to go see something, I'd, I'd see it. Um, well, sounds like I'm going to be watching this one on a plane. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great, but it's fine. I'm not trying to piss anyone off that loved it. I had a good time There's watching no it. There's no children watching this. You're fine. Okay. I had a good time watching it. I'll say that for people that, you know, love Sonic irresponsibly. Mm-hmm. And are going to love it's this. Doing no great what. at the box office so far, I guess. Yeah, it's on track to beat out uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah. Sorry, they, ladies. Oh, they had to change the name of Birds of Prey. They changed it to Harley Quinn and the and the Birds of Prey. Wait, what? Yeah, they officially changed the name. How can they do that after the movie's already out? They just send a fucking email and tell the theaters. Is the logo in the movie like the title card different? I d- wouldn't imagine. What the so. fuck? I would imagine that the name changes for marketing materials that are playing currently online or on TV shows. And also, the biggest problem is they probably fixed it on all of the apps like Fandango and uh-huh. AMC, to where it says Harley Quinn first. I mean, that makes sense. People are dumb. But yeah, they actually changed the name. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, so, yes, thank you for joining us. Uh, be sure to listen to our, uh, our exclusive podcast this week over on Patreon. And if you're a YouTube member on the Community tab, uh, check out our other videos over here. We have a, a whole episode of tech news, including Phil talking about that T-Mobile Sprint merger. And we also have uh, another daily over here. So check both of those out, and we'll see you very soon for Weekly Weird News. See you soon. Bloomberg.